Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world with the good news. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from yesterday's message in our current In the Word series as we journey through the book of Colossians. Let's take a listen. What Paul has done for this whole first chapter and a half that we've been reading and walking through is he's been reminding them of who they are in Christ. He's been reminding them of, of, his, of his resurrection, of his death and their new identity in him that they've now been saved from following the rules. They've been saved from the law and now they've placed their faith in him as Lord and Savior and this is where their salvation is from. And so as I sat and I was reading and as I was studying all this, the one word that just kept coming to mind was the word remember. And so I just kept sitting on the front porch going, God, what do we do with remember? Remember, what, what do we need to remember? And so I began to pray and God very clearly told me and, and revealed to me that what today is gonna be about, what this morning is gonna be about, we're not gonna be in the book of Colossians, but we're gonna take some time to this morning as a body of believers to remember who Christ is. And I know that some of you may have saw it on social media, but what we're gonna be doing today is we're gonna participate in the Lord's Supper. We're gonna participate in communion today. There's, there's two sacraments that we exercise and that we believe in doing, and that is one that you just got to celebrate. You just got to celebrate new life. You realize that, right? So the baptisms that you have seen are the announcements of what God has done in these individuals' lives. But what communion does is it's not necessarily an announcement, but it's an opportunity for us to remember. To remember who we are now in Christ if we have placed our faith and our trust in him. Now I understand that there's a lot of feelings or emotions that get involved when we remember things. When we remember things, we can have the emotion of, of sadness. When we remember things, we can have kind of the mindset of humility. When we remember what we're gonna to remember today, there's gonna to be parts of us that we may even feel ashamed. But there's also gonna be the feeling of being unworthy of what we get to participate in today in communion. But what I want you to hear my heart in this is, and this is what I've been praying all week, I don't want today to be the fact that we get to remember so it stirs up emotion. But what today needs to be about is that the fact that we remember and that remembering who we are in Christ births a response. Not an emotion, but a response. Because we know that when we remember things, we respond. You know, I think back of, of, of a lot of the wedding anniversaries. And right now it's wedding season. I had like four people come to me and said, well, you know, today's my anniversary. We had one couple that had been married for 63 years. Yes, just a moment ago. And we got to celebrate them. We got to applaud them. Me and my wife just celebrated 16 years. And so we remember those days. We remember that moment that we were married. We remember the place. We remember the date. If you don't remember the date, you better. 
I had a guy that had been married for 41 years. He came to me, he goes, today's my 41st. He said, there's an easy way to remember that date. I said, how's that? And he goes, you just forget one of them. <laughs> okay, it'll take a minute. You, <laughs> y'all get it now. Y'all are slow. I got that a whole lot quicker than y'all did. But you see, that's not the purpose of celebrating an anniversary. You don't celebrate it so that you can remember the event. You celebrate it, you remember it so that you can think about the commitment and the covenant that was made that day. The reason that we celebrate the Lord's Supper, the reason that we take communion is so that we can remember the covenant that our Lord and Savior made with us. And when we realize that covenant, when we realize the price that he paid for us, church, it produces a response. When we remember something of that magnitude, it changes how we live and it changes who we are. And so I want you to think about that, that right now in our life, there is a lot of things, there's a lot of distractions in our society, on the news, in our world, whether it's job, whether it's sports, that lead us all to get out of balance, that lead us all to, to, to listen to what's being said in the media, listen to what's being said in our culture. And all of a sudden we respond to that and it motivates us to begin to do things. But the problem is a lot of times the things that we're motivated to do are not what God has called us to do because it's distractions. It takes our focus off of the very reason that God saved us anyway. And so what today is gonna to be used for and what I, my prayer has been for you this week is that today as we partake of the Lord's Supper, there will be an opportunity for us to kind of to recalculate, to, to get things back in balance, to get things back in order. And so when we do this today, we wanna recalibrate our life and say, you know what? I've been distracted, I've been chasing this job, I've been chasing the fact that I need to be the best athlete that I can be, I need to be chasing this, this person that I feel like God wants me to marry, and let's recalibrate things. Let's get things back in balance as to why God saved us to begin with. And it was because of a relationship that he desired to have with us so that we could be reconciled back to the Father. So we want today to be a day to recalibrate things, to kind of push reset again. But I wanna give you the background as to why we remember. And yes, I'm aware that we baptized 11 and so this is gonna be a little more condensed. Okay, we're not gonna be here to one unless the Lord leads us, and then we'll stay to 1.30. Some of you are going, <laughs> I'm out already. But I just wanna kinda of give you the background as to why we celebrate and, and, and why we participate in the Lord's Supper and, and where it kind of originated. And I know that some of you, this is gonna think, well, that's an elementary teaching, I've heard that. Well, we need to be reminded a lot of times of the elementary teachings, okay? And so if we go back into the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 12, if you wanna go ahead and turn there, we're gonna read there just a minute. We're not gonna read a lot. We're gonna spend a lot of time there, but I think it's important for us to see um, where this all came from and why we continue as the church to participate in this. But in Exodus chapter 12, what we find in the book of Exodus is that Israel, the children of God, had been in bondage for over 400 years. 
And you know, you, you've all heard the songs, you've sung it in VBS when you were growing up as a child that, that, that Moses was commanded by God to go to Pharaoh who was in charge of all of the, all the Israelites, all the bondage. He was the one responsible for all of that. And Moses would go to Pharaoh and he would ask Pharaoh to let the people go. And y'all all right now are wanting to sing the song. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people go. Y'all did much better than the first service. Let's try it one more time. Let my people go. There you go, good. We got the young ones in here, I can tell. But we know how that kind of story played out. We all know Pharaoh's response. We would get the glimpse of hope that he was gonna let him go and then it would say that his heart was hardened and then he would call for him back or he wouldn't let him go. And we know that in response to that, God continued to send the plagues to Egypt. He continued to send the plagues to open Pharaoh's eyes and open the Egyptians' eyes to his power and to his majesty and to who he was. And so now we fast forward that this has been going on for some time. And so now I want us to look at this 10th plague that God sends. And if you know anything about that, the 10th plague was that God was going to send the death angel through this city and he was going to strike down the firstborn child of every home. And so we know that the commandments that were given that God in his grace and his mercy he gave a way to avoid this plague. He gave a way to avoid this wrath of God. And so if you'll look with me in verses 21 through 24 of chapter 12, it tells us why, or it tells us how. How do they avoid this? Verse 21, it says, Then Moses called for the elders of Israel, and he said to them, you go and take for yourselves a lamb according to your family and slay the Passover lamb. Verse 22, you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood which is in the basin and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lintel and to the doorpost. And none of us shall go outside, none of you shall go outside the door of his house until the morning. Verse 23, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and he will not allow the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And you shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. So here we have it. We know that the plague is coming. We know that God is going to send the death angel to take the firstborn of every child or every home. But God in his grace and his mercy, he says, if you will take the lamb, you will sacrifice the lamb. The basin is what will catch the blood of the, the shed blood of that lamb. And then you take this hyssop, which is basically a glorified paintbrush, and you apply it to the doorpost. That way, when the death angel comes through, he sees that the blood is applied to your home and the death angel passes over that home. So therefore, the home, the family receives salvation because of the command that God has placed in front of them. And so we know that the children of Israel, that by faith, they're trusting in the words of Moses, of what God has instructed Moses to tell them. And because of this, because of their obedience, they were saved. Their families were saved. And so then we read in verse 24, it says, and you shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. So what he's telling them to do is to remember that night. 
Remember the night of salvation. You remember the night that the blood was applied to your life and it saved your family. You remember that and you need to celebrate that every year. That the Passover is something you were a part of and that the wrath of God was held back because of your obedience of putting the blood on the doorpost of your home. And so what we understand is that we can read, there's a whole lot of more detail and a lot of other things that we can read about in that. But what we have to understand is all this is all about what is coming. This is the foreshadowing of the coming of Christ. This is the foreshadowing of the shed blood of the spotless lamb of God who would be sent to take away the sins of the world. This is all pointing to the perfect sacrifice. This is all pointing to God wrapping himself in human flesh and offering up his body for us. And so now we fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus has been ministering for 33 years. And now it was, you guessed it, it was the night of the Jewish Passover. The night they were supposed to celebrate what had happened in Exodus chapter 12. This is the night before his crucifixion. This was the night before his journey began. And what he did was he called all of his disciples together. And he was gonna participate in what they had been celebrating for years. However, it was representing a new covenant. It was representing now that he was about to offer himself as the perfect sacrifice. And so what we understand is that this is what we still celebrate today. As the New Testament church, we celebrate the night before Jesus' crucifixion in the night with the breaking of the body and the shedding of his blood because church, this is why we are who we are. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do that his body was broken and his blood was shed on your behalf and on my behalf. That's why we celebrate this Christian faith. This is why we have hope. This is why we have life. It has nothing to do with us, but it has everything to do with the saving grace of God sending his son to be that perfect sacrifice. And so church, that's why we still exercise this. That is why we still practice this. That is why we still do this every time. It's so that we can remember what Christ did. Now I know that, that a lot of people hear communion. A lot of people hear the Lord's Supper and you're like, oh, today will be boring. Today's just gonna be one of them days where I go to church and I check the box. I'm gonna drink that little cup of juice that really just makes me more thirsty and then I'm gonna eat that little piece of bread and then I'm gonna awkwardly pick it out of my teeth. Don't lie, we all do that because that stuff just sticks. But the problem is, church, is it's gotta be much more than that. Communion, celebrating the Lord's Supper is not something that we just come to church and check off the box to do on Good Friday. It's not something that we come to do to just check off the box around Christmas time. This should be something we do because it was put in place by God so that we as the followers of Christ would remember who we are because of his sacrifice. 
And when we think on his body being broken, when we think on his blood being shed, church, that should birth a response in us if we truly know him. If we truly know him and we remember the sacrifice that he made, then church, we ought to be following and living for him. So I don't want today to be about checking a box. I want today to be personal for you. I want today for you as a follower of Christ, for this to be personalized. You see, Jesus was personal in the gospel of Luke. I love this and I've never, it's one of those things that we read so many times, but it just, those certain words jump off to the page to you. Listen how personable Jesus was in Luke chapter 22. He's sitting at the table with the disciples, this Passover feast, he's getting ready to be crucified. And he says this in verse 19. And when he had taken some of the bread and he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, here's where he changes gears and gets so personal. This is my body, my body. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. You see how personable Jesus just made this? He's talking to a group of people. He's talking to these disciples that have followed him faithfully. But now all of a sudden he says, this is my body and I did this for you. I did it for you. So what we see is a lot of interaction there that's a lot of me and you. Some of you need to hear today that what we're gonna do in just a moment is about you and the Lord. It ain't about you in this room, but it's about you and him. And the question is, is there a you and him? Is there a you and him? Is there a me and you? But this is how much Jesus loved his disciples is he wanted them to understand, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And so today we're gonna take time. We're gonna do it a little different, a lot different. But what I want today to be is I don't want today to be some corporate check it off the box. I want today to be an individual moment where you remember what Jesus Christ has done for you. This is between you and him. And he tells his disciples there, you're gonna do this for no other reason but to remember me. You're doing it for no other reason but to remember me to remember what I've given, remember what I've done. So in just a moment, as we take up the elements, we're doing it for no other reason but to remember him. It's that simple, that it's about remembering him. And what we need to remember is that this almighty God Holy, almighty God, who loved you enough that he would wrap himself in human flesh, come to this sin-sick world 
and live a life without sin. To love people and to serve people. But in that, he was punished. In that, he was beaten beyond recognition. And in that, it ultimately led to his death. It led to his death by loving people. And so what we're going to do is we're going to remember that. But we're always a conviction that I have that God has laid on my heart is we're never going to participate in this communion without doing exactly how Paul says to do it. We're not just going to simply read the, the script, if you would, you eat, you drink, then we're going to say, hey, let's go home. But we're going to do it the way Paul has commanded us to in the scripture in what we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 28. Now look, this is going to be difficult for a lot of us. You're going to have to answer three questions in just a moment, not raise your hand, not announce it, but this is you and the Lord. Remember me, you, you, him. That's all today is about. But listen to what Paul commands us to do. He says, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body of the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, but a man must examine himself and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and he is to drink of the cup. So you say, Brian, well, what do we do before we take communion? We do exactly what the scripture says. We examine ourselves. And you can read all into this passage. There's three things that I feel like the Holy Spirit has shown me that we need to ask ourselves. Three things and three areas that we need to examine our hearts in. And so these are the three questions that I want you in just a minute to have a conversation with the Lord about. Number one, are we, are you unified with the body of believers? Are you unified as a body of believers? Because five times, somewhere around the verse 17, we see that Paul uses the word five times, to, he says together, over and over and over. Because we all know that Colossians, we've been talking about it, how important it is that the body of Christ be unified. So is there unity in this room? Are you in unity with other believers? And if you're not, then according to the scripture, if you continue to participate, you're doing it in an unworthy manner. And so what we're gonna do in just a moment is we're gonna give you an opportunity to make that right. We're gonna give you an opportunity to be unified. And some of you are already really uncomfortable because there's probably somebody in this room you don't like. Y'all can go ahead and laugh. It's okay. We're... There's a reason that they're sitting on this side of the room and you're sitting on that side of the room. But what we want to do in just a moment is when we respond, if there's somebody in here that you've had a conflict with, look, it may be your husband or wife who's sitting right beside you. But we got to be unified as a body of believers. 
Maybe the Holy Spirit's laying someone on your heart that's a family member that things aren't right. And you say, well, Brian, they're not here. Whoo, I'm off. Nope, you got a cell phone. I encourage you, pick up that cell phone. You say, you're gonna ask us to do that in church? Absolutely. We gotta make things right. We gotta be unified. And if it's something as simple as you sending a text message, if you need to step out in the hallway and you make a phone call, you feel the freedom to do that because I want your heart to be pure before we participate in this. I want your heart to be right. Now look, if you go to someone, if God lays somebody on your heart, this is not the time to prove who was right and who's wrong. This is the opportunity. You just go to that brother or sister and you say, look, I'm sorry. And guess what? It's done. It's done. So the first question, are you unified? The second question is to us as believers, is there unconfessed sin in our life? Is there unconfessed sin in your heart right now that you've not asked the Lord to forgive you of? Is there sin that he's laying on your heart right now that you've not placed at the foot of the cross and say, God, I need you to forgive me? Is there unconfessed sin in your heart? It's as simple as saying, God, forgive me and repent and turn from that sin. But then lastly, I love how Paul says it in verse 26. He says, or it says this, for as often as you eat this bread and you drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the third question, can you proclaim Jesus is the Lord of your life? Because what we're about to do in a moment is only for the believer. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, today's not for you because you don't have anything to remember because you've not placed your faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. But thanks be unto God, today can be the day you remember. We just celebrated and I can't help but to get torn up when I think about the 11 babies in Christ who are gonna take of the Lord's Supper today for the first time as believers. This is the first day, this is the first time it is real to them because they've placed their faith in that broken body and in his shed blood. So this morning, when you have an opportunity to respond, when we examine ourselves, if you've never trusted Jesus as Lord, the Bible tells us if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Christ Jesus was raised from the dead, then you shall be saved. And then it goes on to say, if we ask him, <laughs> he'll do it. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Little Mason back there a moment ago, a little bitty child examined his heart and realized he couldn't proclaim Jesus as Lord. But guess what? He does now. He does now. So maybe you're here this morning and maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been wrestling with God drawing you to himself over the last couple of months. And you've been so thankful every day we dismiss because you get out the door without having to do anything. 
If you're still miserable this morning, you can thank me for that because I've been praying that you're miserable. You can't thank me for that because it's the Holy Spirit the one making you miserable, but I'm just praying the Holy Spirit don't leave you alone. So this morning, if you're still unsettled, I'm asking you this morning to trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org. And don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.